break down the podcast where two people who know nothing about mythology teach you about mythology. We also talk about legends, folklores, and tales from around the world. Um, today we're going to be talking about some Roman stuffs. Yes. Love me some Roman stuffs. Um, like we said in our last episode, last week's episode, we did record this in the same week, so really not a lot of updates. Um... Um, I think we do have merch available now, right? Yes. So if you go over to, oh God, it's a whole link. Um, if you head over to Streamlabs and you type in Night Scrubs, K-N-I-G-H-T-S-C-R-U-B-B-Z, it'll pop up with my personal store, uh, where I typically have my streaming stuff. Uh, I did, um, close that off, I guess. Like, you can't see it on my store anymore. All you can see is Mythology Breakdown. Mm -hmm. uh, at the moment, we only have one t-shirt up right now. Uh, they have a Prime version that I can't really afford right now to put on much more. So, Which is why we are asking for donations on the Patreon. Yes. Um, you can find us on Patreon at Mythology Breakdown Pod. No, it's just Mythology Breakdown. It is Mythology Breakdown. It's just Mythology Breakdown. Um, so yeah, at Patreon, at Mythology Breakdown, and, um, we have a couple of different tiers, all of them have bonus material involved, and we still have a special offer going on, I think, by it the time this release, days. I think by the time this release, it will be the last day, so hopefully, you'll be able to get on that special, where you could potentially get a start with us, and pick an episode topic. Yeah. So, I mean, get on that, hopefully, hopefully you guys get to it in time, we'll be doing more special offers like that. In the future, In of the course. future. Um, let's see. I think that's all of our uh, shopping list that we needed to get done at the beginning of the episode. Basically, yeah. Uh, there are a couple of trigger warnings. Cece does have ticks. Yep. And she has very vocal and physical ticks. So all of our uh, listeners at home, talking to you, uh, <laughs> through YouTube, uh, she will tick. And it is not very nice. Uh, <laughs> wow, I make it sound like you beat me. Um, um, yeah. And incest. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about uh, a couple of things. Incest uh, and I got war in mind. I'm talking about a war. Right yeah. Here. So if you don't like violence or having sex with your siblings, please click off. Oh, wait, wait, time out. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't like war or listening about gods that have, have sex with their own siblings, please click off. <laughs> okay. I think that, that covers everything. You want to go first today? Sure. I, I normally go first, but I'll let you go first today. Sure. I would love to. Uh, today, we're gonna, I'm going to be talking about Juno. Uh, no, not the movie where the teenager gets pregnant. I'm talking about the Greek goddess. Or Roman goddess. Uh, they're the same fucking thing. No, they're not. They are. Uh, Juno. Yeah. Uh, Juno was the Roman goddess who protected the nation as a whole, but also kept special watch over all aspects of women's lives. She is often thought of as the Roman version of the Greek goddess of love and marriage, Hera. Makes sense. The same person. Juno was the wife and sister of Jupiter, the chief Roman god, and the two of them were worshipped along with the goddess Minerva, on the Quirinal, or Quirinal, Quirinal, 
It sounds like you're in. Yeah. Uh, it's a hill. It's one of the seven hills in Rome. Like, actual legendary hills. Uh, after a long series of wars with Ma- Macedonia, or the Macedonian Wars, the ones we talked mm-hmm. about in the Roman... Uh, I know, it's been a while thing. since we talked about Roman people, Yeah, so. whoops. Uh, the Roman army conquered the Greek peninsula, and as a consequence, Hellenic culture, art, literature, and philosophy infiltrated much of Roman life. This infiltration included Roman religion. The myths and legends of Roman mythology gradually grew distorted, and many Roman gods <laughs> began to lose <laughs> their identity and their individuality. I sounded like a character dying. It literally. Like it sounded like Pac-Man when he gets hit. Oh, by that's the ghost. a good one. That's a good one too. I'm gonna take that audio and put it over Pac-Man dying. <laughs> uh, basically, the Roman gods lost their identity and their individual mm-hmm. individuality. Uh, however, one soon forgets that the Roman gods existed long before the arrival of the Greeks, before they lost their uniqueness. And this loss, is this loss, can best be seen with Jupiter's wife and sister, Juno. Have you not seen that meme? The the cartoon of this one dude walking into the hospital and his wife is, like, dying? No? Oh. It goes, is this loss? And it's terrible. It's a terrible meme. Mm. Uh, I'm just focusing on eating my Oreos and listening. Yeah. Uh... And this loss can best be seen with Jupiter's wife and sister Juno, who is not to be confused with her Greek counterpart Hera. In every aspect, Juno was a goddess in her own right. For sure. I noticed that a lot in my searchings today, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, when the the Romans defeated the Greeks and took over plenty of their land, uh, they were almost indistinguishable. The gods were. The goddesses, all of it. But... Thank God that it's not like that much right now. We'll notice that as soon as we start getting more deeper into Roman tales and all that kind of I'm stuff. I'm sure. You'll know, you'll see all of the similarities. And there is lots of crossover in the stories. I did notice that in my research today. It's kind of difficult when you're looking at just the gods themselves. A lot of their, you know, most famous stories tend to be the same. Yep. Just like my story with Mercury. But, uh, okay. Um, although Juno's exact origin is unknown, Juno was one of the oldest of the Roman deities, that is, one of the three original gods, Jupiter, Zeus, Juno, Hera, and Minerva, which was... Athena. Yeah. Honored on the Quirinal, yes, Quirinal Hill, uh, later on the capital... Capitoline, another hill, believe it or not. Yay. Uh, a Greek temple was built by the Etruscan Lucius Tarquinus, Tarquinus Precious to pay homage to the three who were closely associated with the Etruscan trinity, Tini, Uni, and Minura. What do you think is harder? Greek, Roman, or Egyptian pronunciations? Uh, are you not going to say Norse? Well, the Norse ones, I feel like we don't struggle with as much. Not really. Uh, Etruscan, Lucius, Tarquinus, Precious. I would probably, only because I never said it out loud until right now, versus Egyptian, I would say Egyptian is, like, one of the hardest ones to get pronunciation correct. 
I have a cool cup, YouTube kids. <laughs> she has a fox cup. I do, it's a fox cup. It's a fairly large cup. It's got a little cup. scarf on, and it's got eyelashes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, some ancient authors claim that Juno arrived in Rome in the 5th century BCE from the Etruscan town of Vey, north of Rome as Juno Regina. Regina, a word meaning queen. My wife is laughing right now for all, all you I audio can think people. Of is Regina George. No. <sighs> Queen George. I'm sorry. Uh, she received a temple on the Aventine Hill and served as a civic deity, the protector of the state. Among other deity or identities, not deities, she was known to many as Juno Sospita, the chief deity of Linuvium, a city located in Latium, uh, southeast of Rome. She was the protector of one in confinement, often picturing or pictured wearing a goat skin, carrying a spear and shield. <clears throat> yeah. That's not anything like I've ever heard about Hera before. Yep. I mean, that's completely original. Yep. Your glasses are really dirty. Can you clean my glasses? So are mine. <laughs> sure. Uh, she was also Juno Lucina, a word meaning light or the goddess of childbirth. No offering could be made at her delivery of the Roman or the woman's child. Lastly, she was Juno Monida, the moon goddess. She was in personage unique to Rome. Mm. Yeah, so she was literally the goddess of the moon, goddess of childbirth, goddess of confine confinement, and protector of the state. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, by whatever name she was known, Juno presided over every aspect of a woman's life, like I had previously stated earlier. She was the protector of legally married women, and to others, she was the goddess who made people remember, or the goddess who alerted people. Her sacred geese were kept, I know, geese, right? Her sacred geese were kept on the Capitoline, and a legend is told that they gave warning to the Roman military under the leadership of Manlius Capitolinus. And when the invading Gauls tried to take Rome in 390 BCE. Hmm. Eventually, she would, have she would have several sanctuaries constructed on her behalf. However, this sanctuary was located next to the Roman mint. The word money actually comes from her name, Monita. Hmm. That's okay. interesting. I have no idea about that fact. Yeah. Uh, next is the Matronalia. Thank you, train. We live right next to train tracks. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We don't normally record at this time, so I'm sure that we're just off because of this schedule. Yeah, especially at 3 o'clock in the morning when a train shakes our house uncontrollably. <laughs> That's the worst. That's great. Thank you for having no, <laughs> no foundation under the house. Uh, okay, so the, matron the matronalia. Like many gods or goddesses, she had her own festival on March 1st called the matronalia which was a time of renewal and the awakening of nature. Well, it kind of makes sense, actually, and especially the fact that it was, you know, she's a mom. Yeah. You know, the mom and mat matron, and it's like a mom term. No, matron just wait. Nature. I'll get to that. Uh, it was a day when husbands were expected to give presents to their wives. Sorry. <laughs> the day was supposedly in celebration of her birth of the birthday of her son Mars, the god of war. Strange as it may be, Jupiter was not Mars' father. It was instead a magical flower. 
Cece's losing it right now for all you audio people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny because I would never associate hey, guess what? Mars with a flower. Guess what? Guess what? What? Our recording stopped recording. Oh, no. Why? I don't know. Uh-oh. Whoops. Well, I guess we'll just try and... Maybe we should just not video record today. Yeah. I was saying that before the recording. Well, but... you know what? <laughs> I tried. Yeah, it's all good. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it was a friggin' magical flower. You want to shut the computer off? There we go. It'll distract me. Oh. Oh, I guess we don't need the light anymore. <laughs> she was con- concerned because I turned off Streamlabs OBS where we record and the light turned off and she goes, what? Uh, okay. Some authors claim the festival actually celebrated the anniversary anniversary of the end of the Roman Sabine War and honored the role women played. After the Sabine women had been kidnapped by Romulus, thanks Romulus, Romulus. war began, but the woman, women, the women, restored harmony when they threw themselves between the warring factions. Hmm. hmm So women back in the 400 BCE were badasses. Every, every little part about them was just badassery. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't like guns a-blazing, like, hey, I'm gonna shoot ya. Bang. Okay, never mind. I'm going to stop that. Uh, so, okay, so Juno and Carthage. So Carthage was actually a city in Rome. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just wanted to put that out in the air. Uh, according to legend, there was a connection between Juno and the city of Carthage where she was identified with the goddess Tanit, or Tanit. Uh, and according to the Roman poet Virgil, the author of the Aeneid, Juno had another connection to the city by playing a major role in the founding of Rome, or more precisely, a role in the delay of the founding of the city. The story of Aeneas and his destiny to found the city is another example of the close connection between the Greek and Roman myths. Although Virgil used Juno as the story's antagonist, he was, of course, Roman, the name of Hera could just as easily be substituted. Nice. According to Virgil... There was little love between Aeneas, the story's Trojan hero, and the Roman goddess. Juno loved the city of Carthage, and according to prophecy, her beloved city would one day be destroyed by Rome, a city to be founded by Aeneas. Virgil wrote, This town, they say, was Juno's favorite dwelling, preferred to all lands. Her here... My cursor was covering the last E. That's what happens when you don't have a normal cursor! Listen. Uh... (laughs) I have a crosshair as my cursor, because it's better for me. Uh, Here were her arms, her chariot. She cherished the aim that this should be. If fate allowed, the metropolis of all nations. that makes sense? Kind of. Kind of. So, it was her favorite city. This town, they say, was Juno's favorite dwelling, preferred to all lands. Here were her arms, her chariot. So, that's where she presided. She cherished the aim that this should be, if fate allowed, the metropolis of all nations. Okay, alright. So she's saying, like, hey, yo, this should be where the gods are. Basically. Because it was her favorite land. She didn't want it to go away. Uh, In Juno's mind, if one stops Aeneas, then the city of Rome will never be established. Carthage would achieve its destiny and control the Mediterranean. Virgil questioned the brooding anger of Juno... 
that that was in quotes he asked where lay the cause how was her godhead injured what grievance made the queen of heaven so hairy h-a-r-r-y a man renowned for piety such a cycle of calamity can a divine being be so persevering in anger yeah yeah screw you aeneid or uh virgil uh so juno loved carthage oh oh, wow so juno loved carthage and didn't want it to be destroyed by a future rome there was however a second reason for her anger the fact that the trojan prince paris believed helen to be more beautiful and juno's beauty was scorned so this is basically a story Mm-hmm. And then there's another story I'm going to be talking about. Uh, so, by Juno's design, Aeneas and his men landed at Carthage, where the Queen Dido, back to mm-hmm. Romulus and Remus, uh, fell in love with Aeneas and begged him to remain. However, the Trojan warrior's mother, Venus, had other plans. Uh, Juno said, Let Dido slave for a Trojan husband, and let the Tyrians pass into your hand as her dowry. The goddess Venus was aware that this was double talk by which Juno aimed at basing the future Italian empire. So she wanted an Italian empire, not a Roman empire. Uh, The feud escalated between the two goddesses, luckily for Rome, but unluckily for Queen Dido. Aeneas was reminded by his destiny by the god Mercury, which is who I'm going to be talking about later. Uh, he left Carthage and sailed to the island of Sicily, leaving poor Dido in grief and eventually to commit suicide. Yeah, so just like the other story. Uh, Juno made further attempts to stop Aeneas. On Sicily, the Trojan women were persuaded to burn the boats. Next, a storm at sea created by Juno failed when Neptune interfered. Basically, Poseidon. Mm-hmm. I know who... Oh, yeah. I don't know if people know who Neptune is. We're two idiots explaining to people who these gods are. <laughs> sorry, you look directly at me. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, we're not recording anymore. Uh, I can be a dead human being and still talk like I'm happy. I'm kidding, no. Uh, not for the love of Aeneas, but owing to his irritation at Juno's interference in his domain. Burning the boats. According to Virgil, Juno's spell was broken, and the men safely landed on Italian soil. The rest, of course, falls into the realm of the myth of the founding of Rome and the birth of Romulus and Remus. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the arrival of Greek culture, the mythology of Roman uh, religion and the identities of its gods became muddled. Stories about the gods, whether Roman and Greek, become intermixed. Juno, despite a close association with the Greek Hera, was, in her own right, an important god. She was the protector of women, the wife and sister. I love how they have to, like, you just have to go, yeah, the wife and sister of the all-powerful Jupiter. I know, I feel like the amount of times I've used wife and sister to refer to the same person has increased in the last three months since we've started this podcast. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't want to be known as the person who talks about sister wives. Sister wives. (laughs) Uncle husbands. Uh, Ah! She was the mother of the war god Mars, like I said previously. Uh, Gradually, however, the entire mythology surrounding the gods, Jupiter, Juno, Neptune, and all the rest, disappeared with the emergence of Christianity. Yeah. Again. We talked about that last week. Yeah. Or, you know, with the Norse gods. 
Uh, Juno's importance and relevance, however, will love will live as long as the people read the Aeneid or tell stories of the great ancient gods. Lit. Yeah. My turn? Thanks, Christians. Yeah, it's your turn. All right. I'm going to be talking about Bellana. So Bellona was the Roman goddess of war, and she was also an artistic muse, but I didn't really find anything to back that up, but it was a title, it was the title of the article, but they said nothing about it. Huh. Um, she is often depicted as wearing armor, a plumed helmet, and she carries a seal, she a ca- shield. She carries a seal. <laughs> or, or, Can or? you imagine just waddling around? I wish we had video right now because <laughs> waddling around with a baby seal and you can hear it clapping its hands going or 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 <laughs> So she carries a shield and either a sword or spear she's depicted with both. However, um there is actual no art from this time period, like from the actual period of the Romans that just dis- that depict her. Right. All because of it is all from... of it was from Greek. No. Or Greek. Bellona is not Greek in the slightest. I thought that she was um, partly like an Athena iteration, but if you look at it, the details are different. She is purely Roman. Dang. Okay. Yeah, and there is no artwork from that time depicting her anywhere. So kind of like last week, we were talking about some of the minor Norse gods and how there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information. Dang. All right. Um... She did have a Greece counterpart named Enyo. Enyo. Who was a war goddess, a minor war goddess. Okay. And um, she's also associated with Mars, the Roman god of war. Understandable. He was birthed from a flower. t-shirt that says that he was birthed by a flower with a statue of the the, the Greek the statue of Mars yeah. I'm going to do it I'm going to do it uh, look at look for that on my merch yeah. later <laughs> um she's the do- daughter of Jupiter and Jor Jove Jory how is it spelled oh, J-O either V or R-E Anyway, her most commonly depicted partner is Mars. Ooh, excuse me. And, um, Blana is called his wife, sister, daughter, and or charioteer. His wife, sister, daughter, or charioteer. Yeah, there's, like, evidence of all of them. What if it's, like, hyphenated? Oh my god. So goodness. it's like it's his wife, his sister, his daughter, and his charioteer. How does that even happen? Well, I mean, you have sex with someone, you birth that somebody, that somebody grows up, you marry that somebody, and then you also treat her as a slave. As a charioteer. No, that just means that she drives the chariots. It's not a slave thing. Oh. Well my bad. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> she's also depicted a lot with Neria, another war goddess who worked with Mars. Um, so yeah, sometimes they're they're considered interchangeable, okay. but they are two separate beings. Right. Um, she was actually originally Italian. Bringing back the Italian. Well, yeah, Bellana sounds about right. To be um, honest, she comes from an Italian tribe called the Sabine. Yep. Yep. 
That's what I just talked about with the, with the Sabine War. Yes. And so when Rome conquered, conquered the Sabine people, they brought Bolana back with them. So she's definitely not Greek origin. She is Italian origin. Dang. Look out for that episode. I'd, I want to <laughs> learn about the Italian mythology. I do too. I feel like it'd be really interesting. And maybe that'll be like a special episode or something. And um, her first temple was built in 296 BC by this dude. This dude. Apius Claudius, who in the middle of a battle said, If I win this battle, I'll build a temple in Bolana's honor. And they won the battle, so he built a temple in her honor. Sorry, what did you say the name was? Appius Claudius. Appius Claudius. Bigus Dickus. <laughs> Monty Python and the Life of Monty Brian. Python. I've never seen Monty Python. What? Oh my lord. I know a couple songs from the musical Spam a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> um This is this temple was actually super important to Roman life because this is where like war would be declared. They would go to this temple to declare war. Huh. Um the temple was technically not on Roman soil. So that's where all the foreman for, foreign <laughs> Eric Foreman. <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> um, Talking about Mars, who's a war god. Foreign right? ambassadors. So uh. the foreign ambassadors would come to this temple to meet with the Roman dictators and stuff like that, where they would communicate, and it would technically be like peaceful ground, even though she was a war goddess. Right. It would be like the United Nations land. Like I don't know. It's it's common soil. Now her priests, her priests were freaking weird. Oh, I'm ready for this. So they had this like not necessarily a festival, but like every year on March 24th, they would do the Dies Sanguinis, which means the Day of Blood. And what they would do is they would literally mutilate their arms and legs and bleed from them and collect all of that blood and drink it. Okay, so I guess we probably should have put a trigger warning about that, especially for people who self-harmed. Do you want to go back? No, I think it'll be okay because it's, it's literature. Yes, I mean, well, I mean, these were real people. These were yes. priests and stuff. No, I know, but it's it's written in Roman maybe, literature. Well, maybe we'll find somehow some way to insert a trigger warning in the beginning of the episode because we forgot about that. I yes. completely forgot about it. You're totally okay. Um, So they would drink it, and this would make them, like, filled with, like, a warlike fury. So they would, like, just be basically, like, roid raging. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I told you they're crazy. What? I t- okay, keep going. Yeah. Um, she's also mentioned in Shakespeare. God, I hate Shakespeare. Okay. No, you don't. You're just seeing the song. Yes, yes. There's a song. Um, it's from a musical. It's from a musical. Can't remember what it's called. All I know is he says, God, I hate Shakespeare, like, 50 Yeah, they times. sing a whole song about how much this dude hates Shakespeare. It's kind of annoying. It's like a parody of, yeah, it's weird. It's good, but it's weird. It's annoying. Um, but she appears in the stories Macbeth and Henry IV. Huh. Um, Macbeth is actually called, like, Bolana's 
descendant or something like that. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Pretty freaking interesting. I never really made that connection before. That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read Macbeth. I actually have a copy out in the living room. Huh. Um, so she was actually potentially even more important than Mars, which he wouldn't like. But right. he was he was birthed by a flower, so <laughs> I don't want to hear crap from him. He was birthed from a flower. <laughs> it was a magical flower. So this, she was more important because of the fact that she was um, associated with the Hellenistic Cappadocian goddess Ma. And um, the Hellenistic Cappadocian people, they um, lived in what is now modern-day Turkey. Um, we have a listener from Turkey. We do have a listener from Turkey. <laughs> we have a couple listeners from all around the world. It makes me so happy. You know, maybe later in this video I'll go through and thank everyone from all the different countries. I mean, we don't know their names. Yeah, I mean, but... and if you're from somewhere else and you have some knowledge of the mythology around your area that you want to share, send us an email. Please. We will shout you out. We will, you know, we'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about. I mean... I will give you, I will give you praise through the entirety of this podcast. If you let me know some, like, some crazy shit that we've never read online. Yeah, even if it's not even just, like, actual mythologies. If you guys have, you know, um, like, legends and folktales, even urban legends. I want to start doing, like, um, on our Patreon, urban legend episodes. And potentially do, you know, one on, or a couple for our regular podcast. Right. But I think that would be a super interesting topic to discover. So if you have any... Let us know. Please. <laughs> okay. All right, back so to our back regularly to, scheduled programming. Back to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ma, uh, I, I, like her name, you know, kind of suggests, she was like the overall being of there. She was super important. And so the fact that they were, you know, said to be the same, it made it so Valana was super powerful. Right. Um, she is also... Um, Associated with this Anatolian goddess, um, who was a mother goddess named Sabel, and um, that means great mother. Okay. So another, you know, big, big festival. You know, she was also super important. So I mean, just all these big names. It's basically, you know, that's why I wanted to include her because she's often not included in a lot of lists about Roman the most common Roman deities. Right. Which makes sense, but she's so interesting that I wanted to include her. Right. Um, she is often depicted alongside Victoria and Nemesis, and Victoria is the goddess of victory, and Nemesis is the goddess of revenge. Okay. And um, she is sometimes associated with this festival... That goes from April 4th to the 10th, which is for Sabelle, but it is not her. Sabelle is, is different. They're just often associated together. Right. Are you okay? Yeah. I was zooming in because my audio thing was set to 30 seconds, not 15 seconds. So I was wondering why all of these little pauses and stuff weren't popping up on mm, my screen. Okay. I'm very anal when it comes to my recording, okay, CC. <laughs> And then there are uh, there are some times where she is depicted as wearing the Aegis, and I have we talked about the Aegis on here yet? Uh yes, the Aegis is the shield of. 
Oh, excuse me. Um, it's Athena. Yeah, Athena. Which is why I... Which is another... Re- I mean, that is a small connection. Which was made by Hephaestus. Yes. And um, the Aegis is depicted as having Medusa's head on it. Medusa's head on it. And... Um, so, I mean, there... Is, I mean, and Athena wears it. So, there's your connection. And it's... I mean, I, I tried. I tried to find some comparisons. It's really hard to find comparisons. Yeah. I'm sure if I got... If I sat there and really dug, I could probably find something. But, you know, we'll save that for a whole other episode. We'll do some in-depth research. Heck yeah. Um, I'm super excited. I'm done with my story, by the way. All Before right. we go to break, I just wanted to say that I just signed up to take a mythology and rights class at the community college that I go to. And I'm super excited. I will hopefully be able to share everything that I'm learning with you guys. And it'll be like you're taking the class with me. And me. Maybe it'll me maybe it'll make it so I actually do my homework on time. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Alright, well, why don't we take a break and then when we come back we'll finish this out. And um yeah, I just want something to drink. Cool. Well we'll see you guys in just a second. Goodbye. Breakdown. <laughs> Sorry, literally right before we started recording, I was like punching Tony. Yeah, and like, I was I was making. I was like, messing with his arm. I was, I was making was... really weird noises, and then I took a deep breath, and then we just came back really <laughs> yeah, quiet. <he's> like... <gasps> Welcome back to Mythology Breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh, you're not going to start us off. I'm going to start us off, and then you're going to end us, uh... With Pluto. End us with Pluto. Not uh, the dog. Not the dog. Not, uh... Pluto's the, the red-eyed dog, right? From... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's Dot. And I'm going to be talking about Mercury. <laughs> Cute. Uh, so Mercury, or Mercurius, was the Roman god of commerce often serving as a mediator between the gods and mortals. His winged feet gave or gave him the advantage of speed. Wow, I can't speak today. And so was the patron of circulation in general. So basically, he was the, the god of people, goods, and messages. Kind of like Hermes. What is it, Hermes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hermes. Hi, Missy Moo. What you looking at? <laughs> Athena's staring at us. Uh... Mercury protected both merchants, especially those dealing in grains and travelers. Uh, Merchants would pray to him for high profits and protection of their trade goods. However, to many, he was also known for being cunning and shrewd, as well as a deceiver, often pulling pranks on the unsuspecting, especially the god Apollo. Mercury was the son of the king of the gods Jupiter, and purportedly, purportedly, Maya. I don't remember. I don't remember who Maya is. Do you remember who Maya is? Maybe. I mean, it must be Roman. I mean, it's most likely Roman. But here, let me just search Maya. Uh, that uh, in ancient Greek religion is one of the Pleiades. Oh, okay. And the mother of Hermes. Okay, so they basically just used the mother of Hermes in this story of. This dude. 
<laughs> She's being really annoying right like, now. Yeah. <laughs> Athena. Our no. desk is now really full. For our recording space, and um, she's trying to jump onto it. Yeah. She like, is small, but not that small. No. Percy can... Come here. Almost knock things over. Oh uh, okay. She was goddess of the plains in Roman mythology. Uh, considered by some to be a foreign origin, he is often associated with his Greek counterpart, Hermes, like I just previously stated. His Roman name, Mercurius, is probably oh. derived from the Latin word for merchandise. Uh, like Hermes, he escorted the dead to the underworld. Allegedly, while escorting the nymph Lara to Pluto's realm, he fathered the twin Lares, or Lares, guardian gods of Rome. So, he basically slept with someone who was dead. Gross. Yeah, gross. Uh, a temple honoring him was built around 495 BCE and stood on the southwest slope of Aventine Hill, near the Circus Maximus of Rome. Mercury's festival day was celebrated on May 15th in commemoration of the founding of his temple. A cult paying homage to him existed outside the city of Rome in Campania and Latium, as well as the Gaul and Britain. So he was basically everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense if he's the god of messenger and travel, that he'd pretty much be everywhere at once. Yeah. Uh, The god is frequently depicted holding the Caduceus, or Caduceus, a wand used to reconcile conflicts, and winged sandals for quickly carrying messages for the gods. The wand had been given to him by Apollo in Greek mythology. Besides the wand and sandals, he also wore a broad-brimmed hat, the Perasus, and carried a purse, (laughs) a symbol of his duties as duty as the god of commerce and profits. Wow, I really am a 15-year-old boy. Uh, Like many of the Roman gods, a planet, the closest one to the sun, was named for him. I'm surprised that the closest one to the sun, or the sun itself, wasn't named after Apollo. Well, I I mean, yeah, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Thanks, Rome. Uh, Mercury and Jupiter. Roman mythology is replete, or filled, with stories of Mercury. It was Mercury (laughs) who was sent... What? I'm playing with the cat. Oh my gosh. You're not even listening to me, are you? I am. Okay. It was Mercury who was sent to remind the Trojan Aeneas about his beloved Queen Dido, blah, 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 his destiny was to found Rome. Yeah, basically all the gods played to the same story. Well, it's the uh, founding of Rome, so that makes sense. Uh, Often, however, Jupiter would take Mercury with him on many of his excursions to the Earth to be among the mortals. According to the Roman poet Ovid in his Metamorphoses, on one of these trips, the two, dressed as peasants, came to a small village where they were dismissed rudely by its inhabitants. However, they knocked on the door of the small home of Bacchus and Philemon. Not the same Bacchus from other mythologies. Uh, Although extremely poor, the couple, unaware of who their guests were, shared what little food and drink they possessed with the weary travelers. They were even willing to kill their only goose. Upon revealing themselves to the old couple, Jupiter wanted to reward them. However, they only had one wish, that they would die together. Even though he destroyed the rest of the village, the king of the gods honored their wishes, but until that day arrived, he made them caretake caretakers of a temple he built on the side of their old home. That's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet, but it's also really morbid. Speaking of morbid, 
Um, I'm listening to a podcast right now called Morbid, and it's really good. They're never going to hear this, but yeah. I'm shouting them out anyway. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, go check out Wine and Crime and Morbid. That's two Ru- things that... Wine and That's crime. why I said Wine and Crime. It sounded funky. It yeah. came out weird. I'm sorry. My right nose is stuffy. <laughs> it's allergy season. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's really morbid. The fact that they, like, murdered everybody else in that small little town... And then they were all like, <laughs> we're going to construct a, a, a temple and you're going to be caretakers of it until you die. That's, pretty, I mean, that's pretty messed up. Like, yeah, cool, they I'm get sure to die they, together. I'm sure that they live in the temple, which is better than their home. I'm sure that they were well taken care of. Well, maybe, but there's nothing else after that. Like, it's just like, hey, yeah, here's a story from hundreds of thousands of years ago. I was going to say hundreds of years ago, but that isn't correct. Uh, Mercury the Thief. So, besides the god of commerce, Mercury was also the patron of shepherds, cheats, and thieves. Ovid relays a story of Mercury, who was a master thief himself. A servant named Battus, B-A-T-T-U-S, was watching a herd of mares in a pasture when he, was, when he saw Mercury steal a herd of cattle and drive them into nearby woods. Drive. Mercury told Battus if anyone inquired about the missing cattle, he would say that he saw nothing. As a reward, the god gave the old man a heifer, or heifer. Heifer? Heifer. Is is it heifer? What the frick is a heifer? It's a cow. I didn't. I, wow. Oh, cool. (laughs) A young female cow that has not born a calf. Okay, so, yeah, whoops. It's a virgin cow. (laughs) Shut up. Uh, returning later into the skies, Mercury asked him if he had seen anything. After being promised a heifer and a bull if he talked, the old man revealed all. Angry, Mercury told him, turned him into stone. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. He had it coming. Yeah. Uh, another time the winged god saved Jupiter from the wrath of his wife, the jealous Hera. Now in this story, ah! it literally goes back and forth between Roman and Greek. Which I will explain after this story. Uh, while Jupiter was with Io, daughter of the river god Inachus, Inachus? I don't know, uh, Mercury warned him of his approaching wife. Immediately, Jupiter changed Io into a heifer. <laughs> so many heifers. Mother heifer. Uh, the suspicious Hera placed the poor girl, still in the disguise of a heifer, under the watchful eyes of the many eyed Argus. In order to free Io, Mercury told Argus boring stories until he fell asleep. After Mercury beheaded Argus, Io was freed. As many stories in Roman mythology, narratives about Mercury become intertwined with those of Hermes, so it is often difficult to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is pretty idiotic. I mean, if, if you can tell a story about one god, just change all of the freaking names. All of them. Yeah, Juno was pissed off at his husband. At her husband, Jupiter. Not the the winged god saved Jupiter from the wrath of his wife, the jealous Hera. What? I'm sorry. I could go on a tangent and rip apart everything about everything right now. It's just stupid. Makes no sense to me. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So let's round it out by talking about Pluto. The ruler of the underworld. 
Cool. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, we haven't bum, talked bum. about Hades yet, so no. And we're saving Hades for a very special episode in which my sister is going to come join us. So we are going to be skipping over the most common Pluto Hades story, which is the story of the kidnapping of Persephone. So um, that will be coming out in a special episode with Caitlin, and I'm so excited about that. We've been talking about this since we first started doing this yeah no i'm super excited uh the fact that you know we can bring your sister on every so often Mm -hmm. talk about mythologies with her my little sister i mean she loves mythology just like me so um anyway so pluto is um the son of saturn and ops so you know similar origin story with kronos right um he is married to poserpina (laughs) it's what Oh, Rome. Why? <laughs> but that's the name. Persephina. That's, that's the Roman name of Persephone. Um, his symbols include the cap of invisibility, um, pomegranate seeds, um, keys, and his scepter. The helm of darkness is the cap. Yes. They literally... Oh my god. Okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. Um, people actually wouldn't say his name aloud because it was said that it would, you know, bring his attention to their household. Right. And so they, you know, just didn't say his name. It's like saying Beetlejuice three times in a row. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Because. Okay. Do Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I know. That's the Beetlejuice musical. Oh my god. <laughs> I was talking about the movie. The movie. The one that came out long before the musical. Well, that's a song from the musical. It was also like a viral TikTok sound for a while. Oh my lord. Okay. Um. So he's also the god of wealth, which Hades is not. Um. So he's the god of wealth, the riches, and the metal underneath the earth. And this is because Pluto's original name was Despater, which means father of gods, but also father of riches. Okay. Um, this deity, combined with the Greek Pluton, created Pluto. Because hmm. Pluton was the Greek god of the riches and wealth and stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, that, that's where the combination came from to get Pluto, the ruler of the underworld. Um, so this, this combination came after the Romans conquered Greece and all of these stories became intertwined. Um, and like, like in Greece, um, he was given the helm of darkness or the cap of invisibility by a giant cyclops, which is a one-eyed creature. Right. Um, so, a little bit of fact about the Roman Underworld. There are five parts. Three parts that include just getting to the actual Underworld. And then there are two homes in the Underworld. Elysium and Tartarus. So, Elysium is where all the good people want to go. Right. Where the good, good people do go after they get judged by the three judges. Or, I don't know if Roman they have three judges. But, in Greek, it's three judges. And then, the evil people, they go to Tartarus. Which right. is the bad place. Tartarus is the 
home of all the dark people. I mean, he's one of the three primordial gods in Greek culture. Yeah. Um. So the planet Pluto moons are named Chiron, Nix, Hydra, Sybaris, and Styx, which are all names of things that are in talked about in the underworld. Related to hell, yes. Yes. So Chiron is the ferryman of the under of the underworld. Nix is darkness. Hydra is a multi-headed creature that when you cut one head off, two more grow back. Um, Cerberus, which is a three-headed dog that lives in the underworld and guards the gates of the underworld to make sure that souls don't escape. And then Styx, which is the river that you have to cross to get to the gates of the underworld. Right. Um, He had an ebony chariot that was pulled by four black horses. And the key was symbolized the key that he had to the gates of the underworld. He was the only one that could open and shut the gates of the underworld. Did she just fall into that box? <laughs> I think she did. Hi, Athena. So, what he did was he met the newly dead at the gate and he escorted them to the judges. And the people would sacrifice black bulls, sheep, or pigs. Um over a pit at nighttime as offerings to Pluto to make sure that their loved ones would get special, take you know, get taken care of once they died. Right. Um, one of his other important symbols was cypress wood. They would, op- cypress wood would often be used at, in Roman funerals hmm. because it was considered holy to Pluto. Right. So, I'm not going to go into the story of Prospera, or Proserpine, Proserpina, whatever her name is, um, because like I said, we're going to do that with Caitlin, but um, the essential basics are Pluto saw a woman named Persepina in in a field, and he fell in love with her, and he tricked her into going to the underworld, and he trapped her there, and she refused to eat. And she finally gave in and ate six pomegranate seeds, which is why pomegranates are another one of his symbols. And she was then forced to stay, and she lives in the underworld half the year and on the surface the other half of the year, which is why we have harvest things at the time that we do. That's the reason for the seasons. Right. Um, and, yes. Fucking failed. I know. <laughs> so I looked over, and that's all I saw. That's all I can read because well, your handwriting I mean, is so like half regular, half cursive. <laughs> um. Well, thanks for spoiling the ending I'm to my so, story. I'm sorry, just it was. It's right there. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So they don't know who he is. Orpheus. Who? Do you not know who Orpheus is? I know who Orpheus is, but the way he said it sounded really weird. It's like the seal. Or, or, Orpheus? Ah. Okay, never mind. Um, so Orpheus was a son of Apollo, and he married a woman named Eurydice. And they were, like, in mega love, and Eurydice, not long after they were married, stepped on a viper and died. Real sad. He stepped on a viper. He's no, Eurydice like... is a girl. Okay. She stepped on a viper and she died. It was, if you, like, it, this is the short version of the story. We'll okay. talk about the longer version in a different episode. Okay. But this is, like, just to show 
kind of Pluto's attitude and his relationship with Poisipina. Pers- per- Poisipina. Prostitutes. <laughs> no, Tony. You were just about to say that. No, I wasn't. You literally started saying pra. That's because her name is Prosipine. Oh, my lord. Glord. Okay. So, Eurydice's dead. Goes to the underworld. And... <laughs> don't laugh at me. So, Orpheus... He's really sad. I mean... I would be sad, too, if you died. Because you stepped on a viper. <laughs> she didn't She didn't get bitten by the viper. She just stepped on it and, like... I'm, I'm, sure, the, I'm sure the viper bit her. <laughs> Instant death. <laughs> but yeah, basically. She stepped on she the viper. She was Another... There's a, and if you, when we go into the story of Orpheus, there's more. She gets cursed and stuff. I know, but it's just funny. The story. She stepped on a viper and she just went, eh. <laughs> It just, like, fell on the ground. Okay. Um, so the other thing to know about Orpheus is that he was, like, a master at music. Anytime he played, like, everything would listen. Like, he was just really beautiful with his music. So he decided that he was going to go to the underworld and play for Pluto and Porcipina. So he could get his Eurydice back. Hmm. And it worked. Did you know that? No. Yeah, it worked. Then why did you write that? Because there was a twist. Oh, no. Pluto, because Porcipino was like, oh, yes, we'll give you your wife back. And Pluto was like, if you can lead her out of the underworld without turning back to look at her. If you turn back to look at her, she will not be able to leave. Rough. Seems really easy. Well, no. I mean, if I had to go down to the underworld and try to get you back, I would want to stare at you the entire fucking time. But, I mean, if you knew that if you looked back at me, you would die, would you not try harder? Oh, I would try as hard as I could. Exactly. And he did really good until right before he broke the surface. Literally right before he broke the surface. Oh, no. And he was like, oh, no. What if Pluto tricked me and he didn't send my wife after me? Oh, no. So he turned around and she wasn't allowed to leave. Dang. Because he turned around and looked at her. And that's why I wrote what I did. Because I was like, dude, you're so dumb. Oh, no. Literally, like, two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah, like, literally. Like, you were almost there. You were almost there. Why couldn't you have just waited? What are you... What are you... you have a hair on your chin. Oh. Well, you've great... Like, oh, it's Athena hair. It's an Athena hair. It's an Athena hair. <laughs> I've been trying to grab it for the last, like, three times. Yeah, he's randomly kept reaching over and touching my face, and I just have to be like, what are you... I just haven't said anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, so we will go into the story of Orpheus, where there's a lot more to his story. We actually, in my drama class, when I was a freshman, we did this show, and it's called, like, Greek Mythopalooza... Greek Mythopalooza. There was some name. It was basically like a spoof where it was kind of like a brief history of the Greek myth- mythologies. And they did the story of Orpheus and Eurydice as one of the scenes. Okay. And I don't remember why I know that scene so well. Probably because I like that story. Yeah. I can see why. 
I told the story of the Trojan War at the end. I had this big, long, like, page-and-a-half monologue. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I did it all. <laughs> and I had to, like, take a Millennium Falcon, you know, from Star Wars. Oh, it was When you say take a Millennium Falcon, it is the Millennium... The only Millennium Falcon It's the ever. only Lego Millennium Falcon in existence. Oh, well, I mean, you said a Millennium Falcon. You didn't say a Lego. <laughs> Whatever. It was fun. If I if I if I ever contact Miss Donahue again, I'm gonna ask for a copy of that play and we'll like perform it as like a radio drama or something like that. Dope. That would be a that would be a, such a fun special episode. That would be. That would be so much fun. Susan, if you're listening, I want a copy of that. <laughs> I might actually have a copy. No, I don't think I do. No, let's not let Donahue. No, I don't that. have a copy. I have other stuff. Okay. Um. Susan, she has a lot of things of yours. That I she never to took anything. <laughs> All those scripts throughout the years that you're supposed to return, yeah, she never returned any of them. No. The only <laughs> scripts that I have from there are Adam's Family and Susical. Okay. Oh and yeah! State. Oh yeah! You took the Susical one and never returned it. I have my own Susical. It was photocopied one. Oh okay. Either way, I hope that wasn't gonna get me in trouble. Um, so he didn't. So Pluto didn't have any temples or anything. He wasn't really worshipped on the surface. But um, Dees Potter, his original form, did have a church near Saturn's altar. Huh. Which we mentioned briefly in the the last Roman episode. Right. Um, so that's really all I got. Um, I'm finding that a lot of, it's a lot harder to research the Roman stuff than it is the Greek stuff. I mean, mine was pretty, pretty easy. No, but it's not as easy and there's not as much. And all of it is like, oh, these are the same stories that we hear in Greek mythology. Yeah. I'm not learning anything new other than, oh, these are different names. Okay. So, um, that'll be interesting to see if that is just a trend or if that just happened to be the people that we chose today. Okay. Um, and then eventually, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the minor gods and stuff like that. We'll talk more about them. And yeah. I'm sure that's where we'll find the real differences. Oh, yeah. Especially, I mean, Bolana. I mean, look at Yeah, it. that one was brand new. And yeah. so that was nice. Um, so anyway, that's all I got for today. Yes. If you're interested in more behind the scenes updates, stuff like that, you can find us on TikTok at mythology underscore breakdown underscore pod. If you want to join our discussion group on Facebook, you can find us at Mythology Breakdown, the podcast. We are having some troubles releasing our videos on YouTube. We're having some problems with some audio and stuff like that. So, um... I'm going to be messing around with that. Yeah, you can find us on YouTube at Mythology Breakdown or on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you're listening to us on YouTube at Mythology Breakdown. Um, we're hopefully looking to get on more platforms soon. Hopefully get, looking to get into sponsors soon. As I mentioned earlier, our Patreon is live. You can search for us at Mythology Breakdown. Um, we have an Instagram at Mythology Breakdown Pod. I think that's it. Oh, and you can email us. Like we mentioned earlier, especially if you're from, you know, other countries. Or even if you're from other states. We're from Washington, we're up in the way Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I really know nothing about stories from around the world, or around the country, 
So, I mean, wherever you're listening from, send us your send us your folktales. Send, send us your urban legends or your suburban legends. I mean, tell us everything. Yeah. I mean, we want to know. We want to share your stories. We'll shout you out. We'll talk about you. Um... Laptop got loud. The laptop did get loud. The laptop got really loud. Okay, so through all time, when I'm looking at my at our analytics... Yeah, we just want to shout out our listeners from around the world. Yeah, so big shout out to the US. Woo! Sitting at 69 streams. Nice. nice. Uh, and then we have 11 other countries having at least one or two followers uh, and listening to us and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've got Finland... The Netherlands, Germany, Australia, Mexico, Turkey, Latvia, Canada, Greece, Spain, and the Philippines. So, hello, dog. So, we definitely would like to... Hello. Dog. I know, the dog got really excited. Yeah. Uh, We would just like to thank all of you for, especially uh, those in different countries deciding to listen to a couple of idiots from the U.S. talk about, well, what is their heritage? I mean, Greece. I know. Like, having one from Greece, it literally made my week when I saw that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, just keep spreading the word, and um, we're looking to... I'm sorry, our dog is just really pacey right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um... We are looking to upgrade slowly but surely, so be sure that you're donating on Patreon. Um, eventually, I want to get a P.O. box and a cash app set up for one-time donations, and also so listeners can send mail, and we can send them things. Right. We're looking to get some more merch out soon. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think that's all we really got for today. Yep. Um, so, um, until next time, I've been Cece. And I've been Tony. Have a good night. Bye.